Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share this video or podcast on any platform that you're listening on. Please visit us at www.dumbideapodcast.com. All right, welcome back to another episode. Today we have a, a guest for this episode. We want to talk, and we've, we've tried to uh, mention this before, that we wanted to talk about uh, the effects of COVID restrictions on small business in the area. And so today we're lucky enough to have uh, Daniel Lawrence, who owns Danny Photography, and the website is dannyphotography.com. If you need any photo sessions done, reach out to her. She does my own family's uh, photography sessions. I believe she did Mike's. Yep, she did us too. Uh, plus oh, the boys. Yeah, they she, great. I think she does almost everyone we know. Um, works great with kids. So if you got little kids, uh, reach out to her and set up a, an appointment to get your photos done. Uh, before we get into that, we're going to talk about Private Internet Access. They're sponsoring this episode again. Uh, go to our website, dumbideapodcast.com, click on the link, sign up for your uh, VPN, which is private internet access. At this point, uh, it's it's almost a need if you do shopping online, which I know I do a ton of. Uh, protect your credit card information. That's Credit cards are, are going on the dark web. People are getting them. They don't even need your card. They just need your number. They can create the card on their own and use it. And by the time you figure it out, you got to hope that your credit card company will give you that money back. Um, so protect yourself, protect your identity online, uh, especially with everyone out there snooping on you and trying to get your information. So go to dumbideapodcast.com, uh, click on our on the uh, log, PIA logo on the side, and go sign up. It's as little as $1.89 a month, or even if you pay full price, I think it's two fifty a month. So run it over there and sign up for private internet access. All right. Now, <clears throat> we've wanted to do this show, I think, for at least four or five months. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a minute. So, and we're talking about it. Unfortunately, so our schedules really didn't match up, but we finally got her here. Yay! <laughs> um, and we wanted to talk about various stages of COVID, uh, the and the restrictions. So. When COVID first started, it became a thing. It was like March is when everyone kind of, all right, the panic set in. Time to see what we can do. The restrictions they put on businesses, some business owners weren't very happy about that. Do you remember the, the, the restrictions? This is almost two years ago. Do you remember the restrictions that they put on you at the time? And were you able to work through them? Or did you kind of have to shut down for a while and kind of refigure things out? Well, obviously, all the venues and restaurants. So as far as the wedding side of my business, I mean, that just shut right down. I mean, you weren't allowed large groups, even small groups. You weren't allowed in public. You were staying home. Um, So family sessions were all canceled. You had no clue when things were getting rescheduled and opening back up. Weddings were canceled with multiple end dates. We weren't even quite sure when it's going to happen. So... We definitely had to kind of think about where our business was going, where my business, it was kind of like open-ended. I had no clue. So we've, 
obviously the weddings most of them are in are, are inside especially during the winter time but even in the summertime i guess the wedding venues some of them were inside so you, almost all your wedding business kind of went away oh yeah i had a wedding what march 30th or march 23rd mm-hmm. that got rescheduled to may because of the restriction and we didn't even have the wedding until july it was rescheduled two more times during that wow. closure and we were put on we weren't even allowed to photograph families we weren't even allowed to go to homes we were told we were non-essential so which that, is true so did that so that uh, in a way that affect your outdoor sessions too sure i wasn't allowed to be within the six foot different um distance i wasn't allowed to they told us specifically at one point um because so many photographers wanted to do these porch portraits you know everybody was at home we were hunkering down families were it was a really unique situation and they wanted to they first started it as a way to raise money but then as a business owner you couldn't do something like that for money you couldn't even photograph someone for free they just told you to stay away you weren't allowed in Anne Arundel County specifically called out photographers and said nope you cannot do this yet I think it was June 30th when we finally got the go-ahead that we could come out of our homes and start shooting again right that that was odd because even early on they started they, they said basically that COVID couldn't be really contracted outdoors because of the UV light from the sun basically the sunlight really didn't allow transmission outdoors which is why now in the winter months they say yeah if you're like over the holidays they're like if you're indoors you should wear a mask too over the even when you're visiting your family because they say indoors is where it gets transmitted but back then outdoors was almost already known it was one of the very first things they kind of put out there that the uv light from the sun killed the covid virus the sars virus so it was odd that they basically kind of told you guys for three months that you can't operate even outdoors. Yeah. Which was, that was strange. I'm, I'm well, kind of Yeah, because they, really early on, they kind of figured out that it didn't do well outside. And that, so the two things they kind of eliminated right off the break was outdoor transmission and then surface contamination as a vector of transmission. But they kept on with it. And I think that's one of the things that, and I, I don't own a business, but as as just a person was frustrating because like this information is coming out but the policies never changed they just stuck to it and i can only imagine if that's affecting your livelihood and then you see like well it, i mean it doesn't it's not you know in florida yeah. the the rates of transmission go up in the summertime because it's so hot everyone goes inside right and then it goes down in the winter well up in the north it's opposite because we go inside in the winter and that's what it gets spread about. Right. And for especially outdoor venues and things like that, um, you know, then whoever determined what was essential and what wasn't was, you know, liquor stores were essential, which they were. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially you're at home with your family all but, the time. But your liquor. business is essential to you. You know, if, if I have a, a comic book store, that's how I make my money. That's essential to me. Well, if you think about it, um, you know, I consider myself sort of a visual, visual historian. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm there to protect our families in photos to be shown for generations to come. <clears throat> so here you are. You're not essential. Right. You're not essential, which I get it. I wasn't there protecting the public. I wasn't there, you know, helping in healthcare. 
wasn't there educating our children um but there were births and deaths i mean there were instances where families wanted a photo and the grandparent was in a nursing home and they know that grandparent was on borrowed time and they couldn't even take a photo with that grandparent you were just so you never have that photo because that grandparent has since passed away especially the ones that have passed away during the pandemic Mm -hmm. well it was also weird that photographers were considered non-essential wedding venues non-essential djs obviously like almost the entire wedding industry let's just take that industry they're not essential walmart was essential like you walmart didn't close target didn't close right so shopping for general goods and services because you can i mean your, your necessities you can get almost all your necessities at the grocery store but in the beginning, Target didn't allow you to go in certain sections. You were allowed to go into health and beauty, and you were allowed to, meaning, you know, like cold medications and things that you needed, and you were allowed to go to the food section. But they closed off. You weren't allowed to go get If you wanted clothing. to buy a, a set of Legos, you couldn't do I that. I mean, I would just die into just, like, go in the clothing section <laughs> while grabbing my bread and milk and toilet paper. And, <laughs> but but Walmart didn't do that. So oh, that was a Target yeah. decision. Okay. Sure. Yeah, and... Or, or, or like when we went to Costco, Costco didn't close down sections. You still buy your seventy-five inch TV and exactly. your uh, your hot dogs. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, if you're there for hot dogs, you might as well get the TV too. <laughs> Especially yeah. if you look, t- TV sales probably went through the roof mm-hmm. because everyone was like, "Well, I'm going to be in my house for a while. Let me get that seventy-five inch." Yeah. And watch some of these movies because movies were going direct to streaming platforms, so people were going to get to watch movie theater movies on their 75 inch tv that they just bought with their new disney plus subscription which just happened to come out at the beginning just, of the pandemic yeah. what timing that was <laughs> right never mind speaking of, like i don't want to get off track but i'm going to disney plus came out when it first came out it was i think it was 5.99 a month you got disney plus hulu plus espn plus all three mm-hmm. one of that one of that cost now what's that 15 bucks uh, yeah it only tripled in price <laughs> So it sucked people in because all those all those media models it's it were it's the same for your phone cable company and TV services like Netflix and and Hulu and all them they get you in on the teaser rate you want to know why because seventy five percent of the people after the teaser rate is over will stay regardless of what the price is it's it's based on research that they've done over the years it's the same it's like why do they ins- we switch from AT and T to Verizon. Recently, they gave us $800 to pay off each of our phones and another $800 to pay off anything else from our old contract with AT&T. That's amazing. They basically bought us out and then gave us phones just to switch over. And they also threw in Disney Plus. They also threw in like some Google. Like we got like three additional services thrown in because they know that after a year or two, we're 75% more likely to stay with them than we are to switch. The fact that we switch from AT&T to Verizon makes us an, an outlier in the industry. Brilliant psychology in that marketing team. It's crazy, isn't it? <clears throat> sure. Um, well, I'm still, I'm still paying for, uh, I think I bought MLB extra innings for the phone to <laughs> shut a kid up at the <laughs> diner. It was like, I, I can't see the game. And he's losing his mind. So I'm like, okay, oh, what is it? The teaser rate's 99 cents. Oh, okay. I'm still paying for it. Yep. There's no baseball being played right now. It's January, but I'm still paying. You're still for paying it. for it. Oh yeah, we're, we're still paying for ABC Mouse. 
<laughs> both my kids can probably read. Both, both my kids are probably reading. Like they're above ABC Mouse level. We've been. We, I think we got it in 2019. Started because when the kids were going to be home, we had a kid. We had one of ours is going into kindergarten. So like, well, let's get her some. Let's get her reading eggs from ABC Mouse. Twenty dollars a month. We're still paying it. I think she's in school now. I'm going to start a business. It's going to be a teaser rate, and I'm going to go write some algorithm. I'm going to go through your bank account and figure out all the stuff that you're there paying is one. for. And then you're going to forget about it and keep paying me. <laughs> nice. So, so there, there remember, is a service, yeah, isn't yeah, there? It was the Ashton Kutcher thing. It was his, it, it, he was the spokesperson for it. Where they go into your, like you give them access to your bank account and they find out what you're paying on a recurring basis. And they say, you could save $30 a month if you canceled this, 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 and this. Do you want us to cancel it for you? <laughs> and you just got to give them a cut. But they'll, they'll call, they do all the, whatever they do. Their back end of it, they cancel all your subscriptions. Yeah, except the subscription to their subscription. Right. No, you can't do that. <laughs> you got to keep them. But to to get back kind of on on our track, because um, <laughs> welcome to the meander <laughs> that's happening. It's all worked. So so when you think about these weddings, so one of my wife's friends was supposed to get married. I think she's going to get married sometime in June or August of 2020. The wedding got canceled and rescheduled numerous times. And then it actually got so bad that they have since gotten married at the courthouse and had a kid. And they <laughs> still haven't had their wedding yet. We're supposed to go to it. I think it's in April or May sometime. We'll be going to that wedding. Should be fun. But we're looking at two years almost out. So when it comes to rescheduling this stuff, you know, if you have a one of your, you schedule a wedding and then it gets canceled. So I imagine there's deposits and stuff that all have to be arranged or they keep you. But then trying to reschedule you later, you know, because they're everyone. Once everything opens back up, every, boom, they're going to get scheduled. And plus the ones that are going on then. Yep. It just sounds like a complete disaster. I mean, as far as, you know, a portion of my business or a large portion of it is families. You know, that's about 75 percent. The rest of the 25 percent weddings. So that year, you know, there were 22 weddings on my schedule for 2020, mm-hmm. um, only nine actually happened. Okay. You know, so a lot were rescheduled. They rescheduled the previous years. And you had, as a business owner, I had my contract say pretty much your deposit is non-refundable. That saves me for that date. Mm-hmm. Um, then you pay the rest over the course of time. Well, some brides and grooms just flatly canceled their wedding, and rightfully so for whatever reason. So as a business owner, I, do I feel bad and give them that large deposit back because we're in the middle of a pandemic i had to make a lot of hard decisions who i would apply towards hey a family session in the future or a future wedding date or you know give that money back to them there are a couple instances where i gave the money back to them Mm -hmm. but for the most part i'm like well we can still do something in the future and work together it was hard to take that deposits and take it as a loss yeah i'm sure it was going to be a catch-22 for you right. in most cases because if you don't give the money back, <clears throat> especially in this case of online reviews, right? you're going to get the big – I guarantee the review would have been, it's a pandemic. I can't believe they stuck us with that. Like they're just going to go – even though it's in the contract, this is, you're, you're 100% right not to refund it. Is it worth the hit to the reputation of the company to do that? And that's and, and that's a decision you, you'd have to make. Right. Um 
Yeah, it's even if you just said, "Look, I'll hold on to the deposit when you reschedule the wedding. Yep. I'll still you'll you'll hold me for that date." But there are going to be some unreasonable people that'd be like, "No, I want my money back," or, or whatever it is. Like, it it was funny because my nephew got married. It was December twenty twenty, and there they were supposed to get married up in Laurel, and the venue had it, because of Howard County. Mm-hmm shut down the venue and so they they couldn't that venue though gave back the deposit yep. fortunately and what they ended up doing was they actually um they they found a venue down in calvert county mm-hmm. so it was weird because in this state it was county by county the different restrictions like in Anne Arundel county i don't think they could have done it howard county they couldn't do it but in calvert down in this barn, and I, I say barn loosely because it was a really nice barn. Like this was never used for horses and cows. This is this is used as a wedding venue. Yeah, looking like a barn, right? Yep, sure. But it was gorgeous. Sure. Um, but for them, they were able to find that venue last minute, and they were able to take the deposit and use that to pay for that venue, which was great. Unfortunately, for the original venue, they're never going to see any additional business from that. Unless someone who knows that story goes and books them in the future because of what they did for this young couple. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the benefit of doing that, something like that, because someone someone associated with that wedding, uh, even if it doesn't happen there, maybe down the line you get future business because someone's gonna be like, Look, you did right by like you did right by my nephew. Yep. Maybe I'll hold my daughter sweet sixteen there. I think there's something to be said as far as being a small business owner and, you know, having that long term relationship with those clients, whether it's, you know, a restaurant and you have repeat business or whether you're a venue and, you know, there's going to be subsequent either referrals. You've kind of got to, if you can, and you have that ability. I mean, I was fortunate that I didn't have to apply for, you know, like one of the loans um, that I was able to use my husband and his income and mine as a supplemental income um, that I chose not to because so many of my co-workers, I'm going to say co-workers or friend or colleagues. People in the business. Yes. You know, they had to keep their venues open. They had to keep their restaurants open. They had their DJ business. I mean, that was their livelihood, how they were providing, you know, food for their families and they were not working. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, so I mean, my next moving on to my next question. My next question would be like impact on your bottom line mm-hmm. in in twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty was the first year. Um, I mean, it sounds like you were lucky enough. Weddings were only about twenty percent, twenty five percent of your business. Yep. But even for a time there, you couldn't even do the outdoor sessions. Yeah. So I mean, that imagine someone who doesn't have someone else making. Like, what if what what if you were on your own? That's your entire income, right? Just getting shot, and it, we were talking about those the PPP loans. That was probably the worst run thing I've ever seen in my life because of who ended up benefiting mm-hmm. from it. Like there were, I forgot which corporation it was, but they ended up getting like millions of those PPP loans. Oh yeah, and like, they were- to the point where they got shamed. Right? Was it Harvard? Uh, yeah, there. So I don't remember who it was, but I know. That, and then there was also people because they didn't investigate who was getting them. They were just, you know, what we'll investigate the fraud later. 
and there were people there were people that formed like they would form an LLC on the 15th and apply for the PPP loan on the 16th. Yep. You know, like, you know. Yeah, there was a lot of scandal. What, didn't Clinton Portis or something like a couple of ex-football players? Yeah. yeah. Didn't they just get, like, convicted of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, like, who the, were those guys? Yeah, it, I don't it was, Clint, it was Clinton Portis and some other people, I think. Or, or maybe it was someone else. But, like, they, they, they literally created this LLC, applied for a PPP loan, and they were in such a rush to get the money out, they got a loan. I mean, they had like no, they had no business. They just formed an LLC and said, "Oh, we need, we need like fifteen million dollars," and I think they got like three mil. Yeah, because they weren't, they weren't verifying anything. I think it was under five million or something. They weren't, yeah, they weren't verifying anything. They just wanted to get the money out. So, and and the worst, like this is all, for, well, it's all printed money anyway, and it's all taxpayer funded, and it's just the people who are supposed to be the stewards of that money are not are now just. Eh. Making it rain mm-hmm. in the. Uh... I mean, imagine like they caught a few people, but imagine the people they didn't catch. Oh yeah, I mean, and unfortunately, a lot of the money didn't go to folks like yourself. Mm-hmm. Like someone like if they could have done a PPP loan, and a lot of these loans got forgiven by the way, so they end up being grants. Imagine if you could have applied for that, and then had three to six months covered. Where, I gotta imagine like if. Even if it was just twenty five percent of your business gone, the amount of stress that has to cause, and never mind the fact, now you're having to do reschedules, mm-hmm. reschedules of reschedules, of reschedules of reschedules. Like you're literally having to reschedule the same event three to four times because you don't mm-hmm. know when that county is going to lift these restrictions. So just the stress of it alone. Right. Never, so never you've got the income reduction. Yep. Then you've got the stress of having to keep rescheduling. Sure. Never mind the fact that I'm sure for weddings you're probably scheduled out maybe a week or two in advance. And I'm sorry, a month or two or a year or two in advance. Oh, yeah. Sometimes like a year and a half, like, two years, right? Typically 12 to 18 months. So you can't just keep rescheduling people today, tomorrow. Right. To tomorrow because you've got people scheduled for tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So now you're There were sometimes holes in the schedule like hey, a bride called up, hey, can you put July 21st and August 23rd, so two prime dates, on the books as a temporary because we don't know what's going on right now. Right. And of course you can't do that. Right. Because then you're losing two de- – one of those dates she's going to cancel, guaranteed. Well, there's also already if other clients already booked on those dates. Right. So now, well, you can't. How about Friday night? How about a Thursday? Right. How about it's, a Sunday? And, you know, and you're pretty much – for a wedding, I imagine you're pretty much on the hook for that whole day. Sure. So, because like when when I got you know when we got married, it was I think the wedding we had the wedding during the day, then we had a break, and then a later reception. And so it wasn't like wedding then reception, and then the wedding was in one town, and the reception was in a completely different place. Yeah. And like our photographers, like it's not like she could have gone and done something else during that time period. You know, it was she was with us for that entire day. And then now someone's asking for two days. And then you have someone else. Well, now I got one on that day already. Yep. And I get trying to trying to hedge your bet. But yeah, you pay, me, you pay me twice, I'll do it. So I had a destination wedding up in Rhode Island. I bought a flight for. I had booked a hotel for. I had a wedding that I was contractually obligated to shoot. And you didn't know if they were going to shut down airports again or not let you fly or how many times that I flew with masks and shields and gloves and not knowing what I was potentially bringing back as well or what I was bringing to the next client. Mm -hmm. 
Especially Rhode Island had some of the stricter sure. restrictions. Yeah. And everyone and everyone was like, "Oh, she's the the governor there's doing a great job." And it sounds like she did. Ramundo. Yeah. But the impact I don't think the impact is going to be fully known from all the restrictions. Right. Because people just aren't sure about how many okay, how many businesses went under? And I know some people like people that don't own a business and like Mike and I said, we don't own businesses, but if you work so hard to start a business, starting a business is tough, but if you, then if you get to the point where, okay, now you've got the referrals coming in, you're fully booked, you're not having to spend a lot of energy doing the advertising anymore, people come to you now, and then this thing comes along where someone's deciding who's essential, who's not essential, who gets to stay open, who doesn't get to stay open, and... A lot of small businesses don't have six months of expenses right. saved up, or if they're using it for their for their lives, for their mortgages, for their car payments, they don't have that money saved up. And I don't think people really understood that impact of it because there were a lot of businesses, restaurants in particular, because nobody could go and do indoor dining anymore for a long time. Um, a lot of people went out of business, and I've I've heard from some people like it crushes it can crush an entire family if your business goes under. It can cause strain on relationships, marriages, kids, everything. Well, I think a lot of people have a, a misconception. They think, oh, a business owner, they're they're rich, and like the mom and pop business is not like the dry cleaner or the restaurant. Like they're just they're going paycheck to paycheck like the rest of us are. Yeah. And their margins are so thin, especially like in the food industry, like, you know, and then everyone's using the delivery apps, which essentially just, they just take the profit that the restaurant was going to make because the margins are so thin. So once the delivery app takes their cut, now they're cooking the food for free and, you know, then people build these businesses. It's not something that, you know, it takes, it's a life, imagine your life's work just gone like that. Just, yeah, and that's your retirement too, because you're hoping that it's just your kids take it over, and then they support you in your old age. So I found that a lot of the photographers, like I just went to a three day photography conference, and we really got a chance to kind of talk to each other. You know, what did COVID look like for you, and how has your business sort of pivoted, or how it had to pivot during time? I mean, I know a one photographer that was doing Zoom headshots. <laughs> Literally, he would take you know his photoshop skills mm-hmm. i mean you really had to kind of reinvent yourself and kind of the creative industry you know like how can i better assist my potential c- customer right now he would take a shot on zoom mask it edit it out and give it a clean background because people needed new headshots or didn't have a social media presence um prior and now they're always in front of a screen mm-hmm. and needed a so it was interesting to see. And there are a lot of people that lost their shirts yeah. and, you know, are now in a different form of housing or a different form of relationship. It's It really affected, you know, because you're a creative, you're kind of, a, you work by yourself. Mm-hmm. There's not really like, hey, teammates and coworkers. So they were kind of like out there and like the mental health side of a small business owner really takes a hit when something like this happens. We actually talked. We talked about the mental health aspects of COVID in the last podcast episode. Um, 
the one that just went out. We're, we're recording this on Tuesday, so it went out today. Yeah. So this won't come out uh, next week. So when people hear this, it's the one prior, the week prior. But it, it was funny you talked about the the delivery apps. So I don't. I'm sure a lot of people have seen the Domino's ad. Yeah. Where they went and they bought, I guess Domino's corporate gave money to the franchisees across the country to go buy gift cards for other small restaurants in the area. Now, on, on the surface of this, it sounds great, right? Because, oh, Domino's, they're doing something right. And I'm sure they are to an extent because, yes, it does add money to these local restaurants, not affiliated with chains. It's a really nice thing to do. But what they don't tell you is Domino's took such a hit because now almost every restaurant in the area now delivered food. Mm-hmm. So like in this area, Domino's, Papa John's, Pizza Hut, those were the delivery options. We had no other delivery options. Now, I'd say we have no less than 20 options through DoorDash. 20. I can get Thai food. I can get sushi. I can get burgers. I can get sandwiches. I can even get Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Chick-fil-A doesn't deliver here. DoorDash does. Interesting. And yeah, five so, guys. Five five guys delivers here. It's going to cost you $100, but yeah, you can get it. But <laughs> fried food really doesn't travel well, guys. It has like a shelf life no, of like I, six to seven minutes to need to be eaten. Now, my wife seems to think that you can go and like run through the drive-thru and then go do it. No, no. If you go through the drive-thru, you're tending to eat that at home. You must go directly home. There's no yeah. other stops. No, no. no. Just stop home. at the supermarket. Nope. You know, French fries don't last. No. They need to be eaten fresh. And they can't be in a styrofoam container. They don't even last until you get home. No. Gone in the car. Well, I, yeah. Well, I, I, I like to hold off. I like to delay my gratification <laughs> I do. until I, I get home. I, I, I got to admit, a Five Guys burger that's come to my house still tastes great. Uh-huh. The French fries are a little bit soggy, but guess what? The French fries from Five Guys, a little kind of flimsy Pop anyway. them in the air fryer. But yeah. They're, but they're still great. True story. A little fluff. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's still great, though. And look, I can... I, mean, I can get sandwiches. And it's not just from like Subway. I'm talking like you can go get, if you want sandwiches from like any sub shop around here, they're probably on DoorDash. Pizza. I don't have to get Domino's pizza anymore. I can get, there's two local you pizza Spizico. places. Spizico. You got, well, Spizico, you got Spizico. We, we have uh, Bella. Squizzi- you can get Squizitos and Bella Italia now. So it's like the commercial makes it sound like Domino's doing this great thing. But all they're doing is they're saying, don't use those delivery apps. You, We gave money to these restaurants because we're doing the right thing. <laughs> oh, by the way, our business went down by 50% because people could get delivery from somewhere else. Right, someplace better. And we're getting our crap pizza anymore. <laughs> they could go get good pizza delivered. And they would get, I mean, the delivery fee is what, an extra seven, eight bucks? Maybe. You tip the driver between five and 10. So for an extra 14 bucks, I don't got to go out. Well, on my birthday in 20, so my favorite pizza is a ham and onion pizza. Ham and onion? Ham and onion. Mm, okay. So it's delicious. All, all I wanted. A little pineapple, so, I'll call it a deal. Yeah, no, so, no. Listen, listen <laughs> don't, you don't want to get that. You don't want to get someone started on the pineapple. <laughs> no. I do. I love the ham. I love the Hawaiian. Yeah, sure. Mm-mm. No. Anti. Yeah. Okay. No, no Anti fruit on pizza. <laughs> no fruit and beer either. So <laughs> I agree with that. So, so I, on my birthday, decided I want... My wife said, what do you want for your birthday? Like, eh, you know what? Everything's crazy because my birthday was in June, so everything still was kind of crazy. I said, let's just get a ham and onion pizza from and the one place that didn't answer the phone, so I get it from the other spot, 
via one of the delivery apps. I'm convinced this dude carried the pizza under his arm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the cheese yeah. had no. slid. To How I'm disappointing like, is a that birthday meal? I'm like, what is this? Ugh. Like, half the pizza had no cheese on it at all. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the cheese wasn't even still on the pizza. Like, it was in the box. Did you pay for that thing? Yeah, I mean. You're, you pay, like, you're paying up front. Wait, was, didn't, you call, was, didn't you call the restaurant? Oh, they, they you, never. You think they're going to take responsibility for the DoorDash driver? Yeah. Customer service. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was my uh, my disappointment. So that now it's like horrible well, birthday dinner. I'll, yeah, your I'll wife really better upper game this year. Well, you know she really blame her. She didn't deliver it, right? <laughs> but she should have gone to get it. Well, you know. Okay, sorry. If Darryl. you're listening to this, <laughs> I, was I apologize. Under duress. It. I was under duress. <laughs> but I, so I, I thought that was an hysterical move by Domino's. They're like the the, the philanthropy that they were putting out there. Maybe not so much, but yeah, it, it it was. I felt bad, especially because I think it was Harvard. Like Harvard's like the most elite of elite schools has an endowment of some small countries. They didn't need a PPP loan to keep them afloat. And not look, not that I'm one of those people. Like, look, capitalism is capitalism. I'm I surprised get it. Dan Snyder didn't get one. He might have. <laughs> You never know. I I don't think I don't think people are going to know the full extent to the whole PPP loan situation for a long time to come. Until someone cuz there's no investigative journalism right now unless no. it's like some fringe some fringe group or something. I mean look, I mean what was that? Project Veritas was trying to do some some investigative journalism. The FBI kicked his and door. And the FBI in. just kicked his door in <laughs> and the the New York Times knew about it as it was happening. It just happened to be there. He he the guy literally got a phone call while he was in the handcuffs at his house. Saying, Hey, we heard you got raided by the FBI. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> happening now. How'd you know? <laughs> it was supposed to be sealed. <laughs> not, not saying there's some collusion going on there. <laughs> not saying someone's working together. But you know. One can infer. Yeah, I mean, we have eyes and ears. You can see things and hear things. But yeah, I, and the funny part of what it, what it's about is like they were. I, I guess they were trying to say like he was. He got the the. It was a, a diary from uh, the president's daughter. That someone gave to him, and he didn't. He didn't like it. Like he he. He was like, "This is not what I do. I'm not going to publish this." So he he voluntarily tried to give it to the FBI. Like he said, look, I don't know who to give this to. I'll just give it to you, the FBI. Here you go. And I guess like they wouldn't take it. And so I think like three months later, they kick in his door. It's like, wait, so the only people out there doing investigative journalism are all of a sudden now getting, uh, they're, they're getting a little more scrutiny. Sure. But I mean, I digress. It, well, that's a little way off the yeah, <laughs> path there. But no, I, I guess my point for that is there, there's so few people now doing actual investigative journalism that I don't know if we're going to find out a lot of uh, information to what exactly is going on for years to come. Right. Or up on somebody's sub, somebody's Substack and no one will read it. So. Right. And that's nothing. <laughs> A lot of these people that used to write for the New York Times and the Washington Post, they've, they've left. 
I think the, the most popular one was Barry Weiss. Barry yeah. Weiss was a big name at the New York Post. Um, Matt Taibbi. Matt, yeah, Matt Taibbi as well. But yeah. Barry Weiss was, I mean, was fairly liberal. Yeah, she was uh, an editor with the New York Times. Yeah, and, and I guess she she had an issue with the whole uh, Tom Cotton issue. So Tom Cotton wrote an op-ed, sent it to the New York Times, and they printed it. And apparently the, the New York Times op-ed room just went up in arms that they would actually print something from Tom Cotton because Tom Cotton's a Republican. New York Times is a liberal organization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they ran it. And apparently, like, internal to the New York Times, I guess it was a really big deal where people threatened to walk out. Um, and Barry Weiss was like, this isn't what we do. Like, we're, we're a news organization. This was an op-ed. We print these things. We don't hide it. And so she ended up leaving. She started her own Substack, I think, as well. Um, but even people like, like Matt Taibbi, mm-hmm. Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald. <laughs> the... The guy is now labeled as a as a right wing journalist. The man is is a he's a gay male who is a Democrat who is now labeled alt right because he he's not buying into all of the narratives. And it's, it's strange. Like if you espouse anything different from what the New York Times or Washington Post says that you should espouse, like they like. They're just cutting people off one at a time, or they're just leaving on their own, saying, "This is not what yeah. I signed up for." Because um, we talk about Jimmy Dore, and even now, Bill, and we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Bill Maher mm-hmm. is now starting to be like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" Yeah, you're all getting, and everyone. I mean, you've, have you heard of Bill Maher? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Politically incorrect show, mm-hmm. and now he's got real time with Bill Maher. He's been on HBO for forever. Um, very liberal, but liberal in the classical sense, like believes in like single payer healthcare like that kind of stuff um and even he's like what is like the information that's coming out is crazy like he went on Jimmy Kimmel and he said that 50% of democrats believed wait no 60% of democrats believe you had if you got covid you had a 50% shot of going of being hospitalized actual numbers 2% yeah, I got it, and I'm fine. I'm fine. You're looking I'm strong. a survivor. Looking, looking good. I'm a survivor. But that's that's a huge disparity when sixty percent of a demographic believes that fifty percent that, that you're that wow. you're what twenty times more likely to go into the hospital from this thing than is actually than you actually are. It, it, like he was like, it's it's becoming the fear propaganda. But it, it's a weird thing. But like even with. But, but, Going back to small businesses or businesses in general, I think they kind of did that a little. Like they, 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 the, uh, the, not only were there the restrictions, but because people are are a little bit less likely to leave their house in general to support businesses in general. Like, Mm -hmm. let's say you had a family that would normally sign up for a family photo shoot with you. Sure. There, some of those families. There might be. It might not be many. But even let's say you have fifty families and five say, you know what, I'm gonna we're gonna bow out because mm-hmm. of this thing going on, because of all of the media we're consuming on our side is 
and obviously they wouldn't say this, but we have the fear of God of this thing. Mm-hmm. And we're, like we've always said this, it's not that it's not a bad virus, but the impacts are much less than what people are being led to believe in some cases. Mm-hmm. In fact, in most cases. I mean, everyone hears about the worst case scenario. Right. Everybody. But again, if if someone thinks they're 50, you know, 15 or 20 times more likely to end up in the hospital with this thing than they really are, they're going to be that much more likely not to leave their house and do things. They're not they're not going to come to that session with you. So I don't necessarily agree with that. Really? Because I found as soon as the restrictions that you were allowed to go outside, obviously for that time that we weren't allowed to or not be near people, but as soon as it that became available that you could go to somebody's house and mask up and photograph their newborn. I probably had one of my best years in 2020 because also people were so stuck at home and not doing activities and had maybe a little bit more funds. They ended up putting towards their end of summer and fall sessions. You know, as far as the restrictions with the weddings, they still wanted to have the weddings. There was a lot less people and sort of, the important people were put into an A, B, and C list. Mm-hmm. Um, but the weddings that could happen did happen, or they were rescheduled. I mean, did I'm, you did you have anyone that canceled because they were terrified of the of the virus itself, or if they even came out and up. said it? Because numbers went up for that month. So right off the get go, sure. Mostly it was weddings which mm. were mandatory it's not like they want they wanted right. it to happen they wanted these weddings to happen but there were so many restrictions or you had to be masked or vaccines weren't out yet um but as far as it was some newborn ses- sessions that were like no we're not going to have you come into our home we don't know what you've been exposed to or where your family's been and this is even after you know, they were born in March, and some of these babies didn't have newborn sessions until June. That's, is that a, that's a newborn a lot of Photoshop, s- by the way. Is that a newborn oh. session at that point? <laughs> yeah, it's still gotta, a newborn. It's still a newborn. Benjamin Button. Yeah. Oh, no, they're still tiny and <laughs> super a, sweet. So here's the, the picture I took of the baby when it actually was a newborn. Can you photocrop this off and stick it on this one? You know, a lot of photographers, they had pivoted, and they were teaching families how to photograph their own own newborns at their own homes wow they'd have there was a amazing photographer locally named jennifer casey who's really brilliant with i know her husband yes pat yeah me and pat used to drive home together awesome um you know she was walking her amazing clients through you know she can't come so i'm going to show you this is how you post the child have that child you know be near a window light i mean there were a lot of ways that we were trying to provide a service for customers that you were just kind of been given roadblocks i forget um, which kid it was maybe in the middle one and we tried to do it ours and it was a disaster <laughs> and then we tried to do christmas ones yeah and all we did was fight it was just <laughs> such a miserable experience and here i am with my i think i had my father-in-law holding like a uh you know those work lights that you like hang on something? Mm-hmm. It's got like the metal cage around it. I'm like, hold this. And, like someone else has a sheet. I'm like, <laughs> we're trying to do your own family photos? Oh, it was just, oh. With, right. And I think they were, five, like this is one of the third one. It was like five, two and an infant. And like, this is a complete disaster. <laughs> so we uh, we scrubbed that mission. 
So the marriage survived, but <laughs> I, w- I wonder if a lot of businesses came back stronger, or or do you think that? I mean, were there photographers you knew that went out of business completely? Um, I know that there were a few DJs. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of the creatives. Well, I know the photography side. Um has come back and actually 2021 was probably their most profitable year yet but did some of them go i mean did some of them go definitely so i totally uh, think so so or they had to get um i don't want to say regular jobs but a sort of that nine to five monday through friday um and still be able to maintain where they would have been able to go full-time with their video dj photography now we're having to pick up another job reason why i bring that up is uh, because i wonder if the photographers that remain in business now yep are getting more of the business because there are fewer remaining. You know what I mean? So, yes and no. I think there are a lot more photographers now because I think a lot of people either lost their jobs and had to pivot and said, yeah. hey, I'm going to go into business for myself. Let me see if I can make this work. That's or got completely burnt out with their their commute or what sort of... Um, it, impact that it was having on their family and came into effect. Okay, let me see if I can make a go at this. Let me see if I can provide an income for my family yeah, I didn't think and about start that. something new. Yeah, almost using I've, it as a, as an opportunity to it, sure. It's like you get forced to do it. So right. now that I don't have my, my job, whatever that I hate it anyway, yep. let me go back and I kind of did dabbled in this on the side. Like let's go all in on it. Yeah, yeah. We got to realize a lot of us who had, um, trying to run these small businesses and also having small children at home trying to still run your business but run it now with a school with a school in your home <laughs> right, and yeah. having like my husband's a federal worker he's still home since march 13 2020 he has not gone back to the dc office mm-hmm. and not quite sure when that's going to happen so between everybody home it was hard to kind of yeah. Figure out what your new normal, your like now I, normal. Yeah, I got to imagine you had the people that were laid off. Some of them probably realized that they like being home with their kids, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, I can do this from home." Yep. I'm going to leave that job. Yep. Or, or even like even the ones that were like that were sent home to telework, right? Yep. Like, well, I like being home. This business I'm working for wants me to come back to the office. I'm just not down with that. Yep. I'm going to turn my side hustle into my full time hustle, yep. and this is my and this is now my new thing. Yep. And I think a lot, that happened for a lot of people. Sure. I mean, there were a lot of catering businesses that did that. Yep. A lot of them pivot to the at home food delivery. Sure. Um, there was someone that I know. They're making food out of like, um, like uh, one of the local rec use sports places. They've got. Um, a facility with a kitchen. Commercial kitchen. Yeah. Yep. And so they were they ended up renting the space of that kitchen and they made a full go of a catering business. And like he said that from like after like week three, it was gangbusters. Like they couldn't they had they were turning down jobs, even without weddings. Yep. They were just they were basically making all these meals and then they were having like somehow they figured out the delivery aspect of it or they would go to one place, people come pick it up. It was crazy. But they found a way to do at-home food delivery because yeah. people still wanted to. So people still wanted to do. They wanted good meals. They wanted to go out to eat. They didn't want to make dinner. And this was like before DoorDash was even popular. And these catering companies were able to pump out big meals, 
where they could feed 15 to 20 families. And that was more than enough for them to make mm-hmm. ends meet. And that's how they ended up making the business out of it. It was it was crazy. I see a lot of people pivoting, like I said. And I yeah. see a, I think it's more the small business owners that have employees that were impacted um, even more so than maybe like a solopreneur that yeah. I'm just worrying about myself and not having to worry about, you know, my employees and having them get their livelihoods just disappear. So having a lot of these people kind of pivot their path and where they're taking their business. Yeah. And I'm sure that's got to be, especially for like a small storefront. Right. I mean, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think of Franklin, Franklin's toys down the road. You know, when they weren't allowed to have people in the store, I mean, that store does mostly, I think, in-person sales, right? They don't have a very big online presence at all. No, that, that that's one of the few stores where you like, you know, we take the kids there every now and then, and I try to minimize their exposure, <laughs> mainly because everything in there costs an arm and a leg. Yeah, but it's and, so good. And they want all of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to surprise you here. Some of the stuff there, Mm-hmm. The prices beat Amazon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like the, their Lego stuff mm-hmm. is on par or less than Amazon. Oh wow, I, I had to check that because my my kids like Legos, my my nieces like the Legos, um, but even like sketch pads and, and like artsy stuff, mm-hmm. fr- it's hard to beat Franco's toys on price. Now some of their other stuff, you're right. You'd, yeah, because they have like, like the, the ride on pony. Yeah, yeah and the, you're gonna pay a little bit more yeah, for that. The Playmobil stuff that's just yeah, expensive yeah. anyway. Right. Um, but one part of their business model was you would go in there, you buy the toy, and they wrap it for you. Mm-hmm. Which for me, huge benefit. That's a huge benefit. I hate wrapping stuff. I typically buy my kids um, birthday parties that they have to go to. I <laughs> yeah. I go specifically to Franklin Toys so I can be like, hey, can you wrap that? Because we are like ten minutes late to this <laughs> birthday party. That's the best. The best part. You can go like, you you can go like twenty minutes before the party. Yep. Go in there, pick a toy, they'll wrap it for you. You're off to you're off to the the the, the, the party. You're gonna do it ahead of time. It's great. Wow. So that that's part of. I mean, they don't charge anything for it. So now, like during the, I'm sure during during the restrictions, people can't go in, and they have pretty much no online presence. I got to imagine. I mean, they're still open, but I wonder how much of a hit they took. Didn't they, I wonder if they actually closed down a location? I know they've got the Annapolis one and they've got the uh, the Park. Park one, but I thought they had one more, and I think that one closed. And I don't remember. I could be dead wrong on that. Um, it didn't help. I think they got robbed in Annapolis too. That probably didn't help. No, that's a tough yeah. <laughs> shopping center. Sometimes where is that one? The Festival, Festival at Riva. Riva. That's a okay. tough shopping center. There's definitely some riffraff that really? walk around from some of the hmm. buildings in the high rises There's next door to it. Panera Bread. <laughs> you never yeah. know. Gangbusters. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> hanging out at Panera and the the other coffee shop down the way. The ceremony. My kids, yeah. my kids will murder someone for some Panera mac and cheese. Like they will straight up murder someone. They I've been love Panera forever. They love that mac and cheese. I love it. it's free Wi Fi. I can sit and do business there. Everyone's yeah. Then everyone steals your. Uh... <laughs> I used, oh gosh! I, I used to go to. St- What's that, the name look, of that private why, web listen, service again? That's why you need a VPN, private internet access. Dumbideapodcast.com. Click on the link. Get yourself a VPN. There's Best the, thing you do. The, you, that, how's that for a segue? Right. Listen, <laughs> I need to look into this now. I, I go into Starbucks. Like, I, I would go into Starbucks up in Savannah Park before. It, like now, you can't even get a seat anywhere. But I used to go there, 
because uh, I work I work from home and I've been working from home before COVID. And there was just some days like these four walls in this house would just creep in on you. So I go to Starbucks. I think I went there for like a week straight, or, and mm-hmm. then the second week I started going there. It's like I, I can't keep listening to Ani DeFranco. I'm gonna I'm gonna just blow myself up. So I had to get out of there. But while I was there, though, my VPN was on the entire time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like so they play obnoxious music, and then Chipotle plays some. Like I'm convinced Chipotle puts awful music in to make you eat and get the f out. <laughs> yeah. like, Are there even me? seats in Chipotle? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Few. A few. A few. Yeah. I mean, there's probably like 15, 10, 15 seats max. Yeah. But you go in there and it's like this awful, like, new age with a lot of bass. And I'm just, but you know what? I'm it just gonna helps s- the scoop in. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm <laughs> going to stay keeps here. Keep that line moving. I'm going to stay that here. Quarter in cup. Spite Do of that it. quarter cup on the beat. On the <laughs> That's beat. right. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stay there in spite of it. The but, Starbucks, um, the Starbucks music just makes you depressed. Oh. It's like, the, it, it's eventually, like, every once in a while they do the. <laughs> I want to hurt myself. The thing is, it's like, oh my god, I gotta get out of here. Nobody. That's why I pop my headphones in every time I go work yeah. somewhere at a coffee shop. Right. I can listen to my own music. Voice canceling headphones. The I thing feel, is, I feel like they turn it up though when you're in there to go over your. <laughs> like, just we're gonna let, we're gonna get it in there. We're gonna make sure he hears it over top of his earphones. No one oh. listens to that music voluntarily. No. They like there are people that like. They're pretentious people that would like you to think that they do, but no one actually listens to that music. I'm convinced. Imagine the torture chamber would be like if you go into the coffee shop and they just play Nickelback on like, just every Nickelback. You could play Photograph <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> yeah. just over, like, it, it's like all three Nickelback records on a loop, and you can't get away from it. Or Imagine Dragons. Remember that? Do you, do you remember Imagine Dragons? How about Creed? Oh, now you're going. <laughs> you're going down a dark hole there. <laughs> I, I remember Imagine Dragons at like the Super Bowl, and they just got ripped for it. It was like, what was that song Thunder? Yes, that was yeah. the one they did. Yeah, and it was awful. And in in my children know those words that yeah. song because it's played on Alexa half a dozen times a day. Listen, there are some songs that are great on the radio. Yep. Not in an arena. <laughs> no. Nope. Not not in front of ninety thousand people at the Super Bowl. It just doesn't cross over. You know what I mean? And so like I just remember like, wow, like I'm watching like I used to like this song. This is hurting my ears a little bit. And the visual is no better. My eyes are bleeding. Okay, well then here's a question for you. <laughs> what would be your theme song if you were coming out of an arena? Like a walk. As you're a pro you, athlete, oh. what's your theme song when you're walking into the arena? I thought you were going to say if we were coming out as gay. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> um, Something to my own It's like your walk-up song. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what is it? In, in baseball, they call it your walk-up song. Okay. So what's your walk-up song? So when you walk up to song? plate, you have a couple. Um, God, I can't. I, I can. It's, uh, it is the, God, they're local. It's a local uh, country band. I got it. While you're thinking? Yeah. Because I get high by Afro Man. Not that I smoke. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't endo- I don't endorse that kind of behavior. That, that conduct. But with with my hairstyle. It's a little fluffy today. I got I got a fluffy <laughs> do. And I would die laughing every time I walked up to the plate if Afro Man, because I got high, came on. That would just be awesome for me. What, 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 did, you, did you figure out the song you were looking for? Yeah, no, I'm, uh, uh, what's yours? It would be Lose Yourself by Eminem. Okay. That's, that's aggressive. Yeah. 
Come well, on, you man. know, hey, listen, I got to get my game on. Gotta if get hyped. Play. Gotta yes. get hyped up. Yes. I'm so sorry, that song will hype you up. Yeah, well. So there's there's one which is um, which is uh, by Chris Stapleton, Hard Living. I just listened to, I think it was a Dateline or a documentary about him last night. The dude's awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, that they set him up for. He was a valedictorian of his high school and went on to college at Vanderbilt, I think, and Mm -hmm. then dropped out and just the way that he's approached his business and how he looks so humble. And then, well, see, the thing is, he wrote, he was a a songwriter for a lot of these artists. Like over a thousand songs, he said. And then he never felt comfortable performing because of the way he looks. Then someone was like, dude, you're too good to like, and he can't, you know, he started playing and, and he's been, been huge. I first saw him on a Saturday Night Live of all places. And the other one is, um, the other one is the Brothers Osborne Shoot Me Straight is, uh. Country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're all country. No, I, I have very eclectic tastes in music, okay. but yeah. It's, now I have another one, um, by Big Sean, uh, but it just depends on this game situation. Okay. When you were talking about like Chris Stapleton though, and you went to Dateline, I thought you were going to go in a completely different direction. <laughs> I, I think it was Dateline. Maybe it wasn't. I was Dateline. watching Dateline, and he got set up for talking to kids on the internet. Like, no, ooh, that, that's not really what we want to do. Here. Then uh, what's his name came out from the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, who got? Didn't he get busted for it too? <laughs> so, did, yeah. oh, did he really? Oh, how horrible! Wow. Oh. Talk no. about talk about irony. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, what so I guess we probably should have asked you this like prior to us starting. How did you get into photography? Because I think some people like there's a lot more to it. As I found out when I was trying to take a picture of my kids, sure. you know, um, and it's a lot more than just portrait mode on the phone, right? Which is a n- nice hack. Like you can cheat big time with that thing. <laughs> you know, that'll put me out of business. <laughs> portrait mode sometimes. Um, so I had a background in sales and marketing and special events we were living in boston we were in san francisco before we moved to this area and i was on top of my game i I loved what i did i worked in the wedding industry um i had one baby we moved to annapolis and took some time off had a second baby and lost my mind (laughs) like don't get me wrong i had always thought i'd always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom but this shit Sorry, this was tough. <laughs> this, this was, I did not. This isn't PG. <laughs> this, I did not understand the identity of mom. Like, I knew who Danielle Lawrence was. I knew what my reputation, my occupation was. I, so it got to a point where my husband is like, dude, you need to go feed your soul. <laughs> like, go pick up that camera, which was a hobby for probably 15 years, and go play with it. And I very slowly started, you know, my demographic was, I was a mother to two young children at the time. One was, God, I think she was maybe six or nine months when I started. And the other one was about three and a half. And it got me out of the house a little bit. And I do these, you know, practically giving away a ton of photos. But I understood the business side. Mm -hmm. It was really just the technical side of understanding this camera and by the end of six months, I kind of had started a business that was more than part-time. It was mm-hmm. almost full-time. And my demographics were families, and it really organically and beautifully turned into a business. And by the end of the first year, I was rolling. 
you know, it was full time. I knew how to work, you know, clients and networking and putting people together and still knowing weddings. I was dabbling with second shooting and I'm like, oh gosh, now I got to up my gear. So I had to, you know, invest in better cameras and, you know, and the third year came around. I mean, at this point in the spring, it'll be six years I've been in business and I think four years as an LLC. Mm-hmm. And it's been a really, like I said, organic sort of process changing over, still giving myself a purpose other than mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets me out of the house, got me out of the house when everybody's in the house. <laughs> it's um, It's been awesome. Speaking of which, I know, uh, so how you met us. Yep. So this is not the first time we've met. Let's just put no, that out there. No, no. We've, we've known you for at least... Four or five years? I think Six. I met your wife in... It was the cult. <laughs> you, you, met her, you met her and uh, and Mike's wife in the cult. I did. I met... <laughs> Sh- Sherry was the first... Like, one of the first people I met. I think it was it was January 2018. It was January 8th, 2018, to be honest. That's when I first class started. And, um, and I met Sherry the, right after the little one was born. Yeah. Uh, not, not Sherry. Excuse me. Um... Your wife, yeah. right after the little one was born. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they. Yeah, because I remember. Yeah, because they were all. Bit, like the cult was like the thing. Well, that cult I really think propelled my business. Right. You know, here I am, really understanding how to run a business. Where your core demographics? Where's my community? I'm in the middle of my community doing something for myself, and it's very naturally. I really didn't say what I did for a while. I kind of kept it hidden because I wanted to be known for Danielle. Right. I'm working out. Mm-hmm. I'm not a photographer. I didn't want to put that at the forefront. Um, and I remember it took about three or four months before I kind of opened up. Hey, I didn't want to lead. Yeah. I mean, so the cult, for people that don't know, so there, the there was a group called Fit for Mom. But the husbands of the wives that were in this, it had a oh, local chapter. Yeah, we we yep. called we called that the cult, <laughs> and come to find out, the funny part was whenever one husband would meet another husband, like when if the ladies got together and the husbands, you know, you know, they they were putting their husbands together in like a little play date. They're like, so your wife's in the cult? You call it the cult too? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like I think everyone did when they got together and went. What do you mean it's a cult? It's not a cult. It, it was, was it was such uh, a cult. It was everything that uh, a mother didn't know you needed. Right. You know, a sense of community, still being able to work out whether you were really working out or whether you were there just for the friendships. Because being a mother is a very lonely, lonely job if you're stuck home and with multiple kids or if you're not working. Oh, I've I've often said that because when when the first one was born like it was kind of like you know she had to make a call like did she want to stay home and i kind of knew like as soon as she saw that baby she was staying home and then she made the call and decided to stay home and then just seeing and then when i stay home with the with the kids i think to myself like if the tables were turned and she was her income was higher than mine when the kids were born Mm -hmm. oh my, my only my only thing was like let me break even on daycare and gas. I don't care if I work for free. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that would be my my thing. But uh, no, it, it's no, like it's 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 hard. And then you know, and now mine are older, so like there's no diapers anymore and things like that. But it's still like 
you know, Daddy, 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 like, my name is Mike. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I, I don't want to call. Like, I'll get a work call. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. So as someone who worked from home, yep. when the kids and the wife ended up being home, like, wife started working from home. Yep. Now the kids are home. I'm like, oh my god, one of these restrictions going away, so they can all get out of the house. I want my, I want my silence back. Like I can only imagine if you can't make it go away, right? Like, but so for me, when everyone went back to school, it was glory. I, I think I had a me day that day. I haven't had that yet. No. Please tell me how it is. <laughs> you know what stinks is that just when you think everything's going back and you know you're going back to your job and you're, she's going back to work and the kids are going back to school and then all of a sudden it's like boom someone's got an exposure oh. everyone's back home again and i mean that happened in the fall like even with family you know family sessions i had 22 sessions on the books that week and do you know how hard it is trying to get on the books in the middle of the fall season for a family photographer and then you're telling me that i can't work for seven days because my kid has a potential exposure <laughs> that I've got to reschedule 22 sessions. Yeah. So as far as getting back in the house again, yeah. oh, God, I, this is like a never-ending hamster wheel. <laughs> and you get those school letters right now, hey, so-and-so in your class. Can't tell you if it's a class or just the grade. There's three potential we, exposures. I don't even know why they send those things anymore. Uh, just don't send them. Yeah. Gets me sick to my stomach. Let me, just let me know if my kid can't come to school. Yeah, that's all I want. <laughs> At this point, that's all I need to know. We had three weeks, and then Christmas break, where one was home, and then he went back, and then yeah. the other one got it, and then yeah. I actually got it, got it, and then I was <laughs> home. And it was just like this month period where it yeah. seemed like there was always someone home, and and my wife finally has the little one off to to preschool, so she has her own time during the day. Monday through Thursday, where she do whatever, just her, and all of a sudden, nope, everyone's back, and I'm back too. <laughs> Everyone, and then some, and we're all stuck here. Yeah, it's tough, you know, especially like I said, going back to work. I'm so tightly masked up all the time because I don't want to give it to a potential client. Or I mean, gosh, weddings right now. There's weddings that I've done that nobody's wearing a mask, and I'm like. Ah, damn people. There's 200 people here. I mean, I'm zipped up on two layers and KN95 mask and all the rest of the vendors are. And there's some weddings that you go to that you have to show a vaccine card now in D.C. after January 16th in order to go to a venue for a wedding. Yeah, so we, then I, we've talked about that at this point. I, I think I don't want to call it COVID fatigue, but. I think I'm done with the I'm done with the masks. I'm like, look, especially with this variant that seems to be much milder than the previous ones. I've got two vaccines and a booster in me. If they do their job, and I get it, I should be fine. You should right. be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I d okay. I protected myself. If someone else decided not to get the vaccine, yeah, and not protect themselves, yeah, it's not on me. Right. It's but on them now. Who's so I'm very pro mask wearing. I'm pro vaccine. That's my stance. Mm -hmm. My children have both gotten the vaccines. They will get the booster in time. Um, 
I'm petrified, petrified about potentially giving it to someone I love, whether they have had the vaccine or not. Mm-hmm. Some of them have underlying conditions. And I'm like, hot diggity dog. I mean, okay, I got to protect myself and my clients and my family. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm so... Oh, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. It's going to get a mild case. God, yep. hope. Knock right. on some wood. But I'm afraid to give it to somebody else who doesn't have that luxury. Well, that's, that's why when when I when I had mine, like we were supposed to go up to see her her family, and we were going to leave Christmas Day. Wait a minute! I was sitting in line with her when I started walking in trying to get COVID tests. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, I ended up oh, getting, COVID. Uh, I'm sorry, at home tests. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I uh, then when I, I was like, you know, because that's what we were concerned about, and then. Um, because she wanted it for the kids. Yep. Well, then I ended up popping off positive, so that answered that question. Yep. But, yeah, I'd feel awful if I... So we just didn't go. Yep. I, I'm more like the type that I'm just not going to do things. You know, um, if I have to... And the thing is, like, I hate the mask so much, like, I just won't go to play... I just won't do things. Like, you, I'll see people, like, in New Year's, there was... They did the... You know, there's a bunch of people wearing masks. Like, eh, it's not worth it to me. I'm staying home. I never, to be yeah. honest with you, I never got going to Times Square. No, me like that, that that looks awful to me. <laughs> Everything about it looks what, awful. What, put a cattle pen and not being able to pee for looks, 15, yeah, you know, 15 hours? No thanks. Right. And okay. it's not like there's free beer there or anything. It's like you're just standing there on the side of the street to watch. I can do that from home. The, the, one, <laughs> the one great thing about COVID, and this is going to sound really bad, it, it gave me a reason to not go do the stuff I didn't want to do to begin with. Like, Hey, they're having that party over there, doing that yep. thing with all these people. Oh, you know, yeah, COVID's COVID. going on. I oh, definitely think hey. introverts got a bit more introverted. <laughs> I had, no, I was very, uh, it's funny because I've been done with it since, and we've talked about it on the show before. I've been done with it since after the 2020 Summer of Love when <laughs> everyone forgot about it. And it was okay as long as you were protesting something to be together, but you couldn't go to a, see a baseball game. So... Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm done with it. It and wasn't consistent. Just the message wasn't consistent. Yeah. Like you can go, you can go to a, a mass, a mass gathering for this, but not for this. I was like, well, either Kenny can't, right? Just, just like, like you can go to Walmart, but you can't go to the mom and pop shop, even if they restrict the number of people in their store. Yeah, it's like, come on, like and you can there, do, there was yeah. there, there's no there was no science behind that. That like that part of it. Like being able to go into a Walmart with a hundred to two hundred other people, but you can't go into like the mom and pop shop with with four other people. Like, that doesn't make sense. It's I just think it was so separate. confusing on so many levels, and I mean there were so many different groups that you had to kind of navigate what was right at the time and what was wrong at the time. Right. What could we allow and what we couldn't we allow? Um, where this is a little in the gray area but this is black and white it just didn't seem like the restrictions were even no they weren't and i to be honest could they have been i don't know we were all trying no one knew what the heck this was and what we were dealing with and i think that the problem was is that that i had is once they started learning more they never changed it Mm -hmm. it just stayed but um i used it as like a Hey, just like let's go do this. Oh, can't do that. I'm afraid of COVID. Right? <laughs> like, wait, you're not afraid of it at all. <laughs> like, no, no, I am now. <laughs> yeah, terrified. I'm terrified of it, <laughs> especially especially at that concert venue. 
I'm super terrified of it. Yeah, though. I ended up going to that one. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. I saw some pictures. It looked like a bag of fun. I saw some cheeks hanging out. Ha- Not those cheeks. Okay. <laughs> those cheeks. <laughs> hanging out. Where'd you go? I didn't go. I, I Someone sent me a picture of what was going on. At what concert? It's a leg warmer, con- leg warmer band. <laughs> leg warmer. Have you heard of leg warmer band? No. Listen, they oh. may, they listen I moved here when they, I had young babies. Listen, I really didn't get out into the bar okay. scene unless they, it was with both of your wives one night as we made our way down the street. They make it an annual trip now. You should go next year. Oh, you'd love Wait a minute. It. Yes, I think your wife invited me. It yeah. was a, at the Opera House or somewhere it, in Baltimore. It was at the... Um, Power plant. Power plant, yep. yeah. Yeah. Yes. So the Leg Warmer Band is an 80s, 80s. cover band. Yep. It is a blast. Um, <laughs> it's fun. Well, I was so. born in the 70s, so 80s will be right yeah. around the time it's I was dancing in my bedroom. Yeah. So no, when they played like Cindy Lauper and all that. So, Well, we're getting way off topic here. Anyway, <laughs> I want to say thank you to uh, Daniel Lawrence from dannyphotography.com. She has taken our family photos for at least the past four or five years i think at this point they always come out great we sent we put them on our holiday cards uh we've got them framed up around the house uh she's got she does great with kids if you have small kids danielle's the person you need to call she does great with kids i've got some she took our whole family um four kids two grandparents one of which can be stubborn at times uh, four adults, two of which can be very stubborn at times. She handles all personalities, gets people in there, takes great photos. Call her, email her, get on her website, dannyphotography.com, D-A-N-I-E, photography.com. Schedule your next session. I guarantee you won't regret it. Thank you for stopping by. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I just want to end with... You know, the one thing I've learned out of the pandemic in my business is that, you know, time is not guaranteed. And having those family photos, like, get them done. Don't wait because you don't know what's going to happen to that family dynamic. You know, you don't know if that family member may not be around next time. And, um, I love doing family sessions, so I'm so honored that I get to do your family. So that was so much fun. And, and thank you for having me on and talking about how the business fared through. And I, look, I'm a person who hates photography sessions, but I love the photo- the photographs that come out of it. So even if you're hesitant about wanting to do it, just do it once. You'll love the you'll love the photographs you get out of it. You'll go back and look at those babies. Yeah, be. She, managed, she managed my three savages. Best <laughs> pictures they've ever been taking of those kids. Oh, they were so cute. Yeah. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.